Somebody that's here for an encounter with the God of vengeance. Lift up your voices and shout the loudest hallelujah. I count it a great privilege of God and of his servant, my father, to bring us the first word in this our covenant day of vengeance. Before we take our seats, Psalm 94, verses 1 and 2. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belong, belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth, render a reward to the proud. So the first prayer we are going to pray is for the kingdom. We are going to say, Lord, avenge this church of any force, militating against the fulfillment of the double of the attendance of this church by November 29th. Lift up your voices and let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, avenge this church of any force militating against the fulfillment of doubling the attendance of this church by November 29, 2020. Is God hearing your voice? Lift up your voices and pray. Almighty Father, you said there will be 10,000 churches this year. Your hand brought it to pass. Lord, the same you that spoke the doubling of the attendance of this church by the 29th day of this month. Jehovah, stretch out your hand. Avenge this church of any force militating against the fulfillment of our prophecy. In the name of Jesus. Likota para soli parutalia. Gabo sutopa. Bakosoto pariadagab. Mighty Father, to you whom vengeance belongeth, avenge this church. Whatever the forces are militating against the fulfillment of this prophecy, Lord, judge them. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Now, secondly, we are going to pray. Lord, in your vengeance, destroy all forces behind sickness and untimely death of any member of this church. Every member of this church, they are entitled to live. Every sickness, untimely death must be judged. Lift up your voices and let's pray. Lord, in your vengeance, the God of vengeance, on this covenant day of vengeance, destroy all forces. Behind sickness, all forces. Behind untimely death of any member of this church. Lord, watch over your word. Let there be a performance. Watch over your word. Let there be a performance. In the name of Jesus. Lord, destroy all forces. Behind untimely death. Everything, Lord, responsible for accidents. Everything, Lord, responsible for miscarriages. Everything, Lord, responsible for stillbirth of children. Father, the God of vengeance, arise and destroy them. In the name of Jesus Christ, so shall it be. Finally, you are going to pray for yourself. You have prayed for the church. You have prayed for others. You will pray for yourself. Lord, in this service, avenge me of all my adversaries and turn my morning into dancing. Are you ready? Pray for yourself. Father, in this service, 
Avenge me, Lord, of all my adversaries. O God, to whom vengeance belongs, avenge me of all my adversaries. Almighty Jehovah, avenge me of all my adversaries. Liro kutapalagadabaraba. Zunda koto paruto likaya. Turn my morning into dancing. Turn my morning into dancing. Lord, for my shame, double restoration. For my tears, joy unspeakable. That's full of glory. Avenge me, Lord, of my adversaries. O Kaboro Sudoreya. Likoto Parata Palagaya. Lero Sutapokutabarabalagaya. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Father, unto you shall the garden of the people be, and unto you we have gathered. The God of this commission, show yourself strong on behalf of your people. Let everyone return with a testimony of vengeance against our enemies. In Jesus' mighty name. Put those hands together for the Lord, and you may please take your seats. Please, let's be reminded that the prophetic focus for this month is praise facilitates fulfillment of prophecy. And it's taken from Romans chapter 4, from verse 17 to 20. And our teaching series for every Sunday in this month, as flagged up by God's servant, is understanding how praise facilitates fulfillment of prophecies. And I'm taking part 3A. Like God's servant told us from the first Sunday, prophecy is the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for a nation, a people, and an individual. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21 to 22. We also saw that scripturally, there are two main sources of prophecy. First is prophecies from scriptures, which is said to be a more sure word of prophecy. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 19 to 21. And Psalm 89 verse 34. Prophecies are covenant. Psalm 89 verse 34. He said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. So prophecies are likened to covenants, unbreakable. Now secondly, Prophecies can be sourced from prophets sent our way. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21 to 22, that if a man speaks as a prophet, if he doesn't come to pass, don't fear him. But you and I are witnesses that God has given us a prophet over this commission and over this congregation. Last year, he told us that God said that 5,000 churches will be planted. It looked like an impossible task. Before the end of the year, 5,000 churches were standing. This year, before we knew anything about COVID, he told us that 10,000 churches will be planted. And you and I are witnesses. By last Sunday, 400 more churches above the 10,000 had already been planted. So, it's in our interest to believe 
that the prophet has been given to us. Because as he said it, we have seen it. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 10, verse 41. He that received a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. But we have a responsibility to know what it takes to experience fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah chapter 5, from verse 1 to 13, but 13 in particular, verse 13. My people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitudes dried up with thirst. So what are prophecies? Like we saw, prophecies are words from scripture or words spoken through the mouth of his servant. We must recognize and acknowledge that no human hand can fulfill a divine agenda. It's not of him that run it. It's not of him that will it. It's God that shows mercy. Only the hand of God can fulfill his word in our lives. What God spoke with his mouth can only be fulfilled with his hand. First Kings chapter 8 verse 24. Whatever God says with his mouth, human hands cannot fulfill it. It will take the hand of God. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord is the one that keeps the city, the watchman wicked but in vain. Verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early without God, to sit up late by your own strength, to eat the bread of sorrows that you collected by yourself, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. God is the one that makes this happen on our behalf. But we must remember that God speaks according to his authority. Not according to happenings. COVID or no COVID, he still brought the 10,000 churches to bear. Matthew chapter 8, from verse 8 to 13. The centurion said, I am not worried to have you come to my house. Just speak the word only. And the word you speak is able to do what you sent it to do. Because I'm a man also under authority. I'm a captain. Whosoever I say go to, he goes. And whosoever I say come to, comes. And Jesus said truly, you have understanding of the things of scripture. But until a prophetic word is received, it never gets fulfilled. So our responsibility is to receive grace to receive the prophetic word. As it comes, either from the pages of scripture or from his servant's mouth, we must receive grace to believe it and run with it. Because until you run with the word, there's no proof that you have believed it. Praise the Lord. Every prophetic word received provokes bold declarations. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27. He said, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He said, we believe and therefore we speak. If you are not speaking it, we having the same spirit of faith. What is that spirit of faith? The spirit that believes and speaks. That's the spirit of God. That's the faith of God. 
God saw darkness in Genesis chapter 1. But he wanted to see light. And he said, light be. And there was light. So we also having that kind of spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we speak. Praise the Lord. Hannah is our example of prophecy that can be fulfilled. But to be fulfilled through praise. Every prophetic word received makes you to be daring in response. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 1, God told Moses, I have made thee a God unto Pharaoh. That's why when Moses received it, he was daring in his response. Hannah, the Bible tells us that she was a woman that was sorrowful. She was a woman initially that was blaming the husband for not having a child. At a stage, she said to the husband, give me a child. The husband said, am I God? But one day she came to Shiloh and her countenance changed and the Bible says that she was no longer sad. First Samuel chapter 1 from verse 13 to 20. Hannah received the prophetic word from Eli which stirred joy and rejoicing in her life and in turn provoked God to fulfill that prophetic word. In a short while, you and I will be released to dance, to praise God. Whatever God has said concerning you, if you can rejoice like Hannah rejoiced, I tell you that God will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. To see prophecies fulfilled, we must rejoice like Hannah did. We must forget about ourselves. We must forget about our happiness. We must forget about who is mocking us. We must focus on God and judge him faithful. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. Another woman called Sarah. Initially she was a doubter. But the Bible said when she judged God, I, I believe with all my heart that when Sarah began to rejoice with Abraham, when she began to dance and praise God with Abraham, the story of Sarah changed. And her eyes came. With loud praise comes vengeance. This is our covenant day of vengeance. But to attract the vengeance of God, you and I must be praisers of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. From verse 1, we are told that some kings, three nations, gathered against Jehoshaphat. I was meditating on this. There's no record that Jehoshaphat did them anything. Just like you and I. Sometimes you, you check yourself. You didn't do anything to all these wicked people that want to destroy you. Jehoshaphat didn't do anything to them. Suddenly they rose up and said, we want to destroy you. When Jehoshaphat saw the multitudes, now, it is said that only one, one of those nations can destroy Judah. And now there were three. When he saw the multitudes of these enemies, the Bible says he initially he feared. Then he gathered his people and they prayed. Then a prophecy came. A prophecy came. You don't need to fight in this battle. In verse 12, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 12, Hezekiah, sorry, Jehoshaphat and his people. They said, oh God, will thou not judge them? Will you not avenge us? Lord, look at the multitudes against us. Will you not avenge us? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But what? Our eyes are upon thee. And God sent a messenger. I said, you don't need to fight. Just do what I tell you to do. And the Bible says that when they began to praise God from verse 20 to 23, as they began to sing, they set up, God set up bushments against their enemies and they were avenged. People of God, if you can forget about the troubles, if you can forget about your troublers, 
and just hand over the battle to God in praise. The same thing that happened in the camp of the, the people of God, that God invaded that place and destroyed their enemies. The Bible said that when they woke up, everywhere was filled up with corpses, dead people, because God took over their battle. I say to you today, God is taking over your battle. In the name of Jesus Christ. Also in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they didn't do anything. All they did was obey God. And yet they were locked up and beaten and not chained like animals. But they knew what to do. They prayed and from prayer they began to sing praises. And the Bible says as they were singing praises with a loud voice. So please, we are not talking about psychedelic praise. God does not care about the sound of your voice. He cares about the state of your heart. Just worship him unashamedly. Worship him without regards to anybody watching you. Worship him. With a loud voice, they were praising God. And as they were praising him, God stepped in. And the Bible says there was earthquake. And everyone's chains were losing. And the jailer, the one that tied them down there, the one that chained them like animals, when he saw what happened, the Bible says that he came in verse 25, to 27 and in verse 20, 29 the jailer came and knelt before them the bible says verse 29 i fell down before paul and silas the same people that he jailed look at me everybody all the ones that were against you they will fall down before you all the ones sent against you the same way that jailer fell down before paul and silas they will fall down before you in the name of jesus everything god does he does with purpose in heart. So why vengeance? It's our covenant of vengeance. Why vengeance? The purpose of vengeance is threefold. It's number one, for our liberty. Liberty from all bondages. Number two, is for reproaches to be rolled away. To turn your mourning to dancing. And number three is to break off every limitation. Liberty primarily is God's will. Because Jesus came to set the captives free. And divine vengeance is one of God's methods of enforcing that will of liberty. Until the vengeance of the abushment of the besieging kings was effected, Jehoshaphat and all Judah risked a terrible defeat. They would have been kept in captivity for life. But God destroyed their enemies and they were free. Secondly, until divine vengeance was unleashed upon Haman, Mordecai and the Jews of Shushan would have been denied their liberty forever. Esther chapter 7 verse 10. When after God finished destroying Haman, he gave Haman's mansion to Mordecai. I like that sort of victory. I like that. Thirdly, until Pharaoh and the chariots of Egypt were overthrown at the Red Sea by the vengeance of God, Moses and the multitudes of Jews will have still remained in captivity now. Exodus 14, verse 13 to 14, 23 to 25 and 27. And lastly, until King Herod was visited with divine vengeance or being eaten up by worms. All the apostles will have been denied the liberty that Jesus paid for. 
and you know what? The word of God will not have spread. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 12 from verse 21 to 24 that after Herod died, immediately the word of God began to spread. So that means Herod was the militating force against the spread of the word of God. Hear me. Anything that's hindering your spreading, anything that's hindering your advancement, this morning they will be judged in the name of Jesus. Until the God of vengeance shows up, the wicked may never give up. Like I told you, Jehoshaphat didn't do anything to those kings. They were just wicked. The apostles didn't do anything to Herod. He was just wicked. Mordecai didn't do anything to Haman. He was just wicked. Now, until the God of vengeance arose against those devils, their wickedness will have continued. That's why I'm confident to tell you today that the God of vengeance will arise on your behalf against any wicked one that is targeting you for destruction. And they will be brought down in the name of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 63 verse 4. For the day of vengeance is in my heart. And the year of my redeemed is come. Vengeance is a vital aspect of God's end time agenda. Hear this, people of God. There's a time to pray, Lord bless them. There's a time to pray, Lord have mercy. But look up. There's also a time to say, Lord kill them. That's the truth. When Herod killed James, nobody said anything. He took Peter. He will have killed Peter. And if nobody said anything, all of them will have died. Suddenly, the apostles realized, hey, I don't want to die. Lord, kill Herod. Lord, kill Herod. How do I know that's what they prayed? Because that's what God did. The events that God executes is in response to the prayer of men. So, Somebody must go down today for you. In the name of Jesus. We serve a God of vengeance. Psalm 94 verse 1. Oh Lord God to whom vengeance belongs. Show yourself. God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Verse 3. I will curse him that cursed thee. That's the God of vengeance. And we always pray the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. If he's the God of Abraham, he's the God of vengeance. Anyone that attempts to curse you, because the curse that is costless cannot come, it will return to them sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Anyone that does not wish you to get married, the God of vengeance will bring them down. A man was going for his traditional marriage when he got to town a woman that had vowed that over my dead body will this happen already went into coma the traditional marriage was done on Saturday by Sunday the woman was in the mortuary so I say to you anyone that had vowed that over that dead body will you marry or will you have children or will you make progress they are going down for you in the name of Jesus as the God of this commission lives, whose I am, and before whom I stand, you will hear news. You will hear news. You will hear news. In the name of Jesus. 
does not play with the liberty of his children. That's why Jesus taught us to pray the vengeance prayer. In Luke chapter 18, from verse 1 to 8, the first part of that passage said, He spake a parable unto them, to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Then he told it, he gave the illustration of the woman who went to seek for justice from a wicked king. The king fears no man, does not care for human beings. But the Bible said, as she kept going, as she kept going, the king said, this, man, this woman will weary me. Let me just give her what she wants. And Jesus said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Verse 7 now. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be long, Say, I am the elect of God. Therefore, God will avenge me today. That's his desire. But he said something. He said, when the son of man returns, will he find this kind of faith in the world? What kind of faith? The faith that calls for vengeance. The faith that will not give up until you see the vengeance upon your enemies. He said, will he find it? My prayer for you today is that you receive faith to stand on the word of God and demand and execute vengeance against your enemies in the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of vengeance. Isaiah 61 from verse 1 to 2. Let's recognize very quickly that it's our redemptive right to execute vengeance upon the wicked. In our call to worship, Psalm 149 from verse 5. It's our right as the redeemed of God to demand for vengeance. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them do what? Sing loud. Not, not sarcastically. Let them sing loud. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Now, hear me, people of God. When you are dancing and you are concerned about your dancing step, you are not dancing yet. When you are dancing and you are checking about who is watching you, you have not started. But if it is a high praise of God, you won't care about anybody. Because the truth is, that is what will bring down the presence of God for the execution of vengeance. He said, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To do what? To execute vengeance upon the hidden and punishment upon the people. The vengeance of God will answer today for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Until God unleashes vengeance upon Egypt like we saw, Pharaoh never gave up. Exodus chapter 11 from verse 1 to 7. Pharaoh never gave up. As a matter of fact, God warned him, tell Pharaoh, if you don't let my people go, because the liberty of my people is my greatest concern. If you don't let them go, I will kill your first son. Pharaoh thought God was joking. And God did it. And suddenly, he said, leave my land. As they were leaving, some advisors told Pharaoh, you want to let these people go? 430 years of free labor, you want to let them go? Let's chase them. And they did. But in the middle of the sea, after the people of God had crossed over, God began to slow their movement. He removed the wheels of the chariots. And as they were still struggling, he told Moses, stretch your rod back. And all of them were swallowed up in the Red Sea. Look up, everybody. Every Pharaoh that followed you to this service, standing in the shoes of my father, the, the pastor, the senior pastor of this church, I say to you, 
none of those pharaohs will return with you. Every pharaoh, every pharaoh that followed you to this church, today, they will drown in the Red Sea in the name of Jesus. The Egyptians you are seeing today, you will see them no more forever. In the name of Jesus. God will execute judgment speedily. We must give no place to the devil to corrupt our glorious destiny this year. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, give no place. Let's not let him get away with this anymore. Enough of this. Enough of this. If Pharaoh, if, sorry, if Herod had not died in Acts chapter 12, you and I wouldn't be Christians today. There will have been no Christianity. Herod had to go down for the word to spread to you and to me. So there are things that must stop today for the sake of your children, for the sake of your grandchildren, for the sake of generations to come. There are things that must end today. For the God of vengeance is angry and vengeance is going to be executed today in Jesus' mighty name. Execution of vengeance is one major way to put an end to the wicked, not to the wicked. Psalm 7, verse 9 to 13. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come what? To an end. Not suspension. Let it come to a total end. But establish the just. For the righteous God tried the hearts and reigns. My defense is of God, which saved the upright in heart. God judged the righteous. And God is what? Angry. That's why I told you he's angry. God is angry. God is angry with the wicked every day. Today is the day of the vengeance of our God. And the anger of God is being unleashed against our enemies. In the name of Jesus. Verse 13. He had also prepared for him what? The instruments of death. Don't spare them. Don't spare them. Lord, let your fire consume them. Lord, let your brimstones be released. Lord, make their paths dark and slippery. Lord, let their water become poison. Jehovah, every arrow they sent to me, let it return sevenfold. Don't spare them. God has prepared his instrument of death. He has ordained his arrows against the persecutors. Those arrows must be had in the, they must be, they must find expression in the lives and destinies of everyone that's against you and I. In the name of Jesus Christ. We must invoke the vengeance of God on all our assailants today. Isaiah 49, verse 24 to 26. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the lawful captive deliver? Perhaps you caused what started the problem. But now you are in the camp of God. And so long as you give your life to Christ today, all things will pass away. You are still a candidate for liberty. But thus say the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be delivered, shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contended with thee, and I will save thy children. And I will feed them and I will press thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunk, drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am, this, am thy Savior and the Redeemer, the mighty one of, of, of Jacob. People of God, we will invoke this when we are standing right with God.
How do I know? Isaiah 54 from verse 14 to 17. Isaiah 54. In righteousness, you can't play with that one. In righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shall be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Verse 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. I didn't send them. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the spirit that blow the coals in the fire. And I bring the forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waste that he destroy. Verse 17 together. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of who? Me and you. The servants of the Lord. And their righteousness. That means you must be standing with him. And their righteousness of me, said the Lord. People of God, in a short while, I'm going to make an altar call. My prayer is that you don't play religion. It doesn't matter how many years you have come to church. If you are not saved, you are not righteous. If you are not saved, you are not a saint. If you are not saved, you can't execute judgment. But before we do that, today is also our anointing service. So what's in the oil? Very quickly, what's in the oil? Number one, from Exodus chapter 30, from Exodus 30 from 30 to 32, this oil, the Bible says, is for all generations. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, the children of God, and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Who is the priest? Everyone that is saved. For he, shall, he has made us kings and priests. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be what? An holy anointing oil. People of God, a holy thing cannot work in an unholy hand. The holy thing cannot work in an unholy hand. That's why you and I must be saved. That's why we must be saved. God levels all our positions by his anointing. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 4, 6 to 7. It's not by, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. So what's in the oil? Number one is the spirit of God. First Samuel 16, verse 13. When they poured the oil upon David, it was the spirit of God that came. Number two, what's in the oil? The zeal of God. The zeal to make you do the things of God. To go after souls. To send the messages. I have sent messages already this morning. I sent before the weekend. I sent again this morning. The zeal of God will not let me sleep like that. The zeal of God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to 7. What's in the oil? The yoke destroying and body removing power of God. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And finally, what's in the oil? The spirit of joy. Hallelujah. That's what makes our praise acceptable. That's what makes our dancing meaningful. The spirit of joy. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. He removes mourning, he removes sackcloth, and he gives us the garment of praise and the spirit of joy. But you must be properly positioned to partake of the anointing and for your dancing and your rejoicing to be accepted unto God. How does that happen? Number one, you must be redeemed. You must be redeemed. It's an honor. This honor have all the saints of God. Psalm 49. Psalm 149. This honor have all the saints of God, so you must be redeemed. Number two, you must walk in faith. You must believe what we're teaching you and believe God's servant. Second Chronicles 20, 20. You must believe. Number three, you must stay sanctified. Being saved is wonderful, but stay saved. 
Let me say it again. A holy thing cannot walk in an unholy hand. Put your hands together for the Lord. All heads bowed. All eyes closed. The decision time has come. You are in this church right now and you're not saved yet. The good news that God wants you saved, he wants you to be counted among the redeemed. This is the day of your vengeance. Don't let it pass you by. God wants you to execute vengeance against your enemies. But you can't be an enemy and execute vengeance against the enemy. So if you're in this church and you have never given your life to Christ, I want you to put your right hand on your chest. God bless you. Or you were once saved, but things happened, and they do happen, and you went back to the world. God is not wicked. He allowed you to come today so that he can restore you. You were once saved, I want to return back to him. Also, put your right hand on your chest. God bless you. These two categories of people, please come to the front now and come and meet me. Now, these two categories, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Your hand is on your chest. Stand to your feet, please. Wherever you are, just stand to your feet and start coming here. Start coming. Wherever you are, start coming. Start coming. Start coming. Please don't look anywhere. Don't look at anybody. This is the hour of decision. This is the hour of decision. Start coming. Wherever you are, you know you put your hand on your chest. Start coming, please. Start coming. Now say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Put your hand on your chest. Say, Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus, cleanse me now from all unrighteousness. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now I know I am free from sin and I'm free from Satan. I will serve you forever. Amen. And amen. Father, accept them in the beloved. When the last trumpet sounds, my father, please see to it that none of these ones will be missing. In Jesus' mighty name.